Welcome to the Happy Cabbage Podcast. Since this is the first episode, I'm going to explain how most of these episodes will be uh, structured, in a sense. I'll start off with the sponsored segment, which was Anchor for today's episode and probably for the foreseeable future. Then I'll talk about some rant I have, uh, some current events, get into the main topic for each episode, and then from there I'll rant again and go on many a bunny trails to the point where the main topic I was talking about probably makes no sense, and then I'll end with some note-closing kind of wisdom. So hopefully you like it. Thank you for listening to the No... I almost said No Agenda. That is a podcast I like to listen to, but this is not No Agenda Podcast. This is the Happy Cabbage Podcast. With that, I guess I should also mention these podcasts are one takes. One take only. So I do it or I don't. That's how it works. Life is one take. You don't get the chance to go back and edit it unless you're Stalin in the communist Russia where you figure out how to airbrush people out of photos. I don't know how to do that. I can barely use uh, Paint on Microsoft. So uh, we're just going to go with this. All right, here it is. So to begin with that, like I said, we're going to go in a little bit of rant. And my little rant today is that McDonald's, too many people look at McDonald's as a subpar thing. They like they make it sound as if no one goes to McDonald's. It's the worst thing in the world. I really hate McDonald's. McDonald's sucks. No, McDonald's is probably one of the greatest things ever. We live in a country, in a place, where you literally can go get, for less than $10, a meal that has the entire caloric intake for your entire day. That has only existed for less than a century, for millennia, for the, I think, 25,000 years that the Earth has even existed, that people probably have been starving to death trying to figure out where on Earth they can get enough calories to sustain their body day in and day out. Now we have this crazy crazy invention called fast food, you know, where they basically put cardboard and french fries and burgers and sell it to you in a greasy sandwich called a Big Mac. So don't take it for granted. I think they're great. Uh, although I do, I do think McDonald's is getting a little bit overpriced in these days, but you know, you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. It's better than Burger King. With that, here's the current events for the day. If you haven't known, uh, India decided they're going to try and enter the space race. What are they racing to? I have no freaking idea. What I do know is that they decided to launch a freaking missile to blow up one of their own satellites. Now, let me put this into perspective. A satellite put up by NASA costs between a billion to a hundred million dollars to make and that's not even counting the costs it takes to launch it into the atmosphere out of the atmosphere where it's continually just falling around the earth so it stays in orbit and then the maintenance cost for that easily a billion dollars so india decides well, we want to get in on that action. And they launch a freaking missile to blow up one of their own satellites they made. And you know what? They're like, we are so great. We are so cool. We managed to blow up something that so many taxpayers put all their hard-earned money into. And you know what got them? It got them space debris. They blew up a satellite and now there is this massive amount of debris falling to earth and NASA's kind of freaking out I would be freaking out too what kind of moron thinks you can blow up something in outer space this isn't Star Wars where you can blow up the Death Star and it just ceases to exist after that there aren't remnants of it still floating around it just you know it's gone you blew up a satellite in the atmosphere where gravity exists the way that satellites in the ISS work is that they have a continual motion where they come close to the Earth's atmosphere and then they fall into it, then they fall out of it. It's kind of like a triangle. If you really look at it, it's very rounded, kind of like a rotary engine. That's how it looks. It's just constantly falling in, falling out, falling in, falling out. So it stays in our orbit. It doesn't fly off. So gravity affects it no matter where it's at. So then you have India decides to put a satellite up there, which is following the same principle of physics where it doesn't fly off. It's still in our atmosphere, and it's just floating around. They decide to blow the freaking thing up, 
and then it starts falling to Earth. Well, who knew that gravity existed? Who knew that if you throw something up in the air, it will come back? Wait, Isaac Newton did, like, 400 years ago. He figured that out. Literally, he figured out the laws of physics. If you can launch a rocket into the atmosphere, you have to have some basic understanding of physics. But it's okay, we don't blame them for that. They're just Indians. That's dot, not feather. Uh, with that, we also have a new guy entering the 2020 presidential race. His name is uh, Wayne Messam. I, you know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. He might be Muslim. I don't know. No one says anything about it. It looks like he's a Florida mayor of the city uh, Miramar. I have never heard of this city in my life. But then again, there's also a Hollywood, Florida that I didn't hear, hear of until I saw it on the news. Um, he's been the mayor since 2015. Looks like he's 44 years old. He's from South Bay, United States. Where is that? Mm, don't know. But he did educate. He was educated in the Florida State University. And it looks like he's running for president of the United States. Can you guess which political party he is running for? I'll give you three seconds. One, two, three. If you guess Democrat, congratulations, you get a gold star for today's episode. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, you would have uh, realized that there has been like no other Republicans or like anyone else of any other party running for president except Democrats. That includes Bernie Sanders because he can't get anywhere without their support. All right. It is just Democrats. You know what? I'll even bing it right now because I don't use Google. I bing it. Um, how many Democrats are running in 2020? Let's see. 2020 Democrats running for president. Hmm. There, there are currently 15. Let me read off as many of them as I can. You have Cory Booker, Christine Gillibrand, uh, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Michael Bennett, uh, Seth Moulton, uh, Beto O'Rourke, or however you pronounce it, Tulsi Gabbard, John Donnelly, Tim Ryan, and Eric Swalson. Now, there are a couple other people that are considering running. There's John Kerry, Joe Biden, Julian Castro, uh, Jay Inslee, uh, John Hecklenlooper, Stacey Abrams, Steve, Steve Bullock, and Terry McAuliffe, uh, Pete Bingig, Bill De Blasio, Del Blasio, uh, Andrew Yang, uh, Marinia, what is, how, Marani Wilsons? My goodness, there are some uh, crazy names going on here for some of these people. Um, one, oh, that's funny. Yeah, so this website also has Michael Avenatti. I know he originally said Michael Avenatti, the, uh, you know, the lawyer for the Stormy Daniels, Stan, uh, Daniels chick. You know, him that's going to prison right now. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he was supposed to be running for president at some point. Um, he's not going to make it far. And it has uh, Hillary Clinton as someone not running for president. But I'm going to tell you what. She's going to swoop in out of the middle of nowhere and try and steal this election. That's exactly how it's going to go. Uh, you know what? I'll bet someone five bucks that this is how it's going to work. And I'll go through every one of these Democrats real quick to tell you which ones are complete morons. So you have Andrew Yang. Uh, he's the founder of Venture for America. He's 44 years old. He recently, well, not even recently, like a year ago at this point, announced that he's going to be running for the 2020, no, two years ago, because it was never November 6th of 17. Yeah, it's been like two years. And he's uh, he, he wants to run for president. Now, his main thing for running for president is that he wants to have a universal basic income, a UBI. But if you listen to him while he speaks, it makes no sense if you pay attention to anything. So he tries to look towards Alaska for a UBI because everyone there usually gets some kind of stipend from oil companies and the government. Um, that's not quite how it works. And if you look at the hard the hard numbers, people are, are criticizing Trump because he added another like two or four, maybe five billion or trillion dollars to our uh, deficit and our debt. 
And this guy wants to add 20, 22, 22 trillion dollars. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to get a thousand dollars a month to you know offset the losses of wages from automation and all these other things the guy talks about. But the reality is, you can't do it. All right, something I'll address later on is that if you want to succeed in something and you're maxed out all across the board, you have to give up something, right? You cannot put more things in a box if it's full. You have to take something out of it to put something else in there, right? So if he wants this uh, UBI, then what he's going to have to do is take out welfare. He's going to have to take out uh, Medicaid. He's going to have to take out, uh, you know, EBT, WIC, all these other programs if every American is going to receive, you know, $1,000. And the question is, are you going to give babies $1,000? Is it when you turn 18, when you turn 21? What is it? When are you going to do it? He can't give any cold hard, you know, numbers as to when he really wants to do things. Uh, we have black, uh De Blasio from New York, always mispronounce his name. Uh, the guy's just a train wreck. Anything in New York, Chicago is just a train wreck right now. I wouldn't even try and pay attention to any of those guys. Um, you got Stacey Abrams, who, as far as I know, is, uh, last I heard, actually stole elections in Georgia. Like, she bust people in, and a lot of their election machines, you know, voting machines, were found in a warehouse, and they're all tampered with. And uh, so I think there's something about that. Uh, as far as I know, she didn't make the uh, she didn't win the uh, governorship or house representative, whatever she was running for, because you know she sucks. You have uh, Julian Castro. Um, yeah, you know I don't know anything about him other than he looks really funny. You got Joe Biden, who I think's pretty. It's pretty certain he's going to run at some point, whether he's going to run this year, I don't know. He, he's going to have to run this year. I mean, the guy's 76 years old, waits another four years, he'll be 80. He'll be older than President Trump when he started this whole thing. Um, it, oh, boy, yeah, he's going to be a little old. But he, he is one of those conniving, weird people with the Clintons and the Obamas. They all look real fishy. They all look real funky. Just look up Joe Biden and kids in photo ops. It gets really creepy, all right? He's, like, crouching in on these chicks. Um, let's see. Anyone else? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Never hear anything good about her. We have Beto O'Rourke, the white guy pretending to be Hispanic. And this guy right here is the Obama clone. That is all he is. He is just an Obama clone. He, he doesn't he hasn't done anything. He's just like Obama. When I was a kid in Illinois, Obama was my state senator right? What did he do? Nothing. He did absolutely nothing. The guy didn't, he didn't sign anything half the time. He just votes present. I, how am I supposed to expect this 46 year old, you know, congressman to become president? And what, what is he going to do? Nothing. He's not going to do a single thing because he has no idea what he's doing. But for some reason, People of my generation, Generation Z, seem to think that he would be a good decision because he got elected. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that get elected to positions that shouldn't have those positions. That doesn't mean they're a good choice, for crying out loud. My superintendent back in Omaha when I was in high school sucked, and they managed to lose $250 million while I was in high school as a superintendent. And now they're trying to raise the taxes. You can't tell me that that person that was voted, right? They got voted in there. Superintendents are voted in. You can't tell me that they're that's a good person. They know what they're doing for the job. Obviously, they don't. And Beto O'Rourke is the exact same thing. All right, moving on. We have Bernie Sanders, the uh, communist in disguise uh, as a socialist, which socialism and communism is the same thing. This podcast is geared for people from like 16 to like 30-something. Whoever is supposed to be in the Generation Z age range now, I think it's from like 95 or 97 to 2015. If you're a, you know, a four-year-old listening to this, congratulations. This is supposed to be a clean podcast, so I guess you should be able to allowed to listen to it. Um, but listen, Bernie Sanders is just 
a communist. None of his plans would work. He, I think he said when he was running, it would only cost like $150 billion to, you know, pay off Universal College. Let me break this down for you as to why Universal College does not work, why it will never work, and why it's completely useless. It is just like saying we need a $15 minimum wage. Across the river from me in Illinois, in Rock Island and Moline, Illinois, they want to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. It's completely useless. If your economy sucks and things are expensive, raising the minimum wage won't do anything other than increase inflation in that state. All right, so let me break down this whole universal college thing um, and why everyone really needs to have a good education because I am Bernie Sanders. All right, listen, if one person uh, has a Cadillac in your entire school, one person. That Cadillac is unique. It is special. And a lot of people like it. Now, two people get it. All right, cool. It's still unique. They probably back into their spots, the back of the parking lot, walk all the way up front in their leather coats, look all cool, all the GM bros. Well, then people get their tax returns and uh, they decide to go buy a couple more Cadillacs. Old, new, doesn't matter. Crappy, beaters, new ones. So now there's 50 people with Cadillacs. Alright, everyone else has got, you know, normal cars, but those Cadillacs are cool. But then more people buy Cadillacs. And then you start seeing everyone has a Cadillac. If everyone has a Cadillac, there's nothing special about the Cadillac. It's supposed to be, <coughs> excuse me, a luxury vehicle that's exclusive but it can't be exclusive if everyone has it it was supposed to be this momentous marker as a status symbol if everyone has it then it's a layman's car it is not the car for the rich and famous i mean if you go back a century or so most people barely made it past eighth grade just making it to middle school was a feat in its own, in and of its own and people were praised for doing that. They got diplomas for making it to middle school, graduating 8th grade. Those few who made it through high school, boy, were they smart. And the people that made it into university, by golly, they were the coolest, snappiest, most intellectual people you have ever met. Having a high school degree puts you at a higher playing field. Having a college and university degree, then a master's and a doctorate, being a professor, all those things were so far out of reach, and they all meant something very unique and very special about that person. They worked very hard to get that degree. Now, if everyone can just walk in and get a degree from, you know, small town USA college of you and get a degree and walk out, if everyone has a degree, then the degree means nothing. It means everyone's educated the same way. It means you can't get a job because you have a degree and no one else has that degree. Everyone has a degree. It is the new standard. You know, essentially having free college is extending high school to 16 years. All right? It's 12 grades. That's 12 years. Now imagine another four added to it because you need, you know, let's just say, you know, at, at least you're getting a bachelor's um, with this universal college. Just four years. That means, you know, I, I was 16 when I was a freshman. A freshman. I still had, uh, what, two, three years to go? Add another four. I, what I? I'd be in my 20s by the time I fully get done with any of my college. My great-granddad was getting married and having kids at like 16 or something. Here I am a decade after him in age, and what am I doing? Nothing. I'm doing nothing. All right? This is absolutely... It's just, it's just worth nothing. Nothing at all. All right? This is the thing you got to give up. College has this exclusivity to it. It has a certain meaning to it. And it's very important for people to go to if you want to get a higher education. But the moment everyone can go... They have a complete equal opportunity for getting in there, or I guess I should say equal outcome, 
because if you basically have free college for everyone, it shouldn't be hard to graduate. It's free opportunity, free outcome, just like high school, public school, all that kind of stuff. By the time you get out, everyone do has done it. It's the new standard. You're not going to get anywhere in life. All right, moving on with this. We have Elizabeth Warren, the uh, fake Indian feather, not dot. Um, the one, what is it? One one thousandth, one one thousand tenth, one one thousand and tenth Indian or something. Like like the, the president said, uh, a dog has more Indian in him than her. I there is, she is so dumb. I and I and I'm not like trying to sit here and just bash people, because um, if you're conservative, I'll bash you too. It doesn't matter if you're a complete moron. You deserve to be called out for, and all these people running for Democrats are complete morons. This Elizabeth Warren chick from Massachusetts, right, hates Trump, hates everything conservative, and she claims to be a populist, right, like Trump. So let me clear this up. A populist is someone who, quote-unquote, fights for the people. If no one wants you, who are you fighting for? Populist means most popular. It means the largest group. The largest group doesn't want you, so why are you running? This is someone that faked being an Indian to get into university. I think it was Harvard she tried to get into. This is this this is wrong. Just so wrong. And especially in a time where you have rich, privileged parents sending their kids to college that they didn't deserve to get into by paying out several millions of dollars to get them into. This chick did the same thing. If you were mad at those famous people for doing it, you should be mad at Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts for doing the same thing. All right, uh, let's go on to Kamala Harris, the uh, closeted racist. While she does appear to be, uh, you know, African or black, she's really Jamaican. I know some of you will, you know, argue with me that, well, if you're Jamaican, you had to have come from Africa at some point. Sure, but there's also a theory that everyone came from Africa at some point. But let me put it like this. Everything that has been released on her is uh, probably one of the creepiest things ever. Her family is from Jamaica, where they owned a plantation. And her family was white at that point, and they had slaves up into the 20th century, the mid-20th century. That's not good. I don't want a president that has anything on their mind that has anything to do with racism. All right, it has especially anything to do with owning a plantation. The last person I knew that owned a plantation's dead, and I never even met them. It was just a statue of some Civil War dude. All right, you know, I mean, George Washington had a plantation for crying out loud, but I never met the guy. I don't want a president that's direct rel relatives to someone that owned a plantation that may very well still be alive. But out of all these people, there, it just seems like there's morons running. People that want to throw their name in the book. And I'll tell you exactly why there always seems like there's a crazy amount of people running for president. It's because it gets some free airtime. If it didn't get them free airtime, if it didn't get them the opportunity to just sit on Good Morning America or Fox News or CNN for 10 minutes to just talk about themselves like the selfish little people they are, then they wouldn't do it. But because all these people want to run for president or just want to get out there that, hey, me speak good, yes? Um, th they want to get on the news and just do that so that they can get a job somewhere in the world in the private sector because... In reality, running, you know, being a career politician is just full of strife. And unless you are squeaky clean or you were a kid before the Internet existed, you should not go into politics because they will dig up every single bone in your body. They will dig out every single thing in your closet and show it off to the world. All right, moving on from that part of today. Um, let's see, there was something interesting here. Yes, here we go. If you are not familiar with the Jesse uh, Smollett case at all, let me give you a brief rundown. So we have a gay actor on the show Empire, which is about music, 
um, that is kind of disappointed with life. So, as far as I know, this is everything that's been released. He paid two black Nigerian brothers to beat him up, and then he put a noose around himself and dumped bleach on his hair, and then called the cops for attention. Now, if I were to replace this with a white guy that hired two black guys to do this, your first thing is, this is racist, this is wrong. So if you don't know, Jesse Smallman is black. Is it still racist? I think so. I think it's dishonest. I think it's wrong. I think it is morally apprehensible that he did this. So what the full story is that while working on the set for Empire, he sent himself a letter with, um, like, not cocaine or arsenic or anything like that in it. It was just white powder, like baking soda. And he put a piece of paper in it, and he did the one thing we've all seen in, like, the Zodiac movies, where someone clips out letters, and they glue that on to a paper, and then it spells out something. And then you did a crude drawing in the bottom right corner of, like, just with crayon. Now he takes photos of it and puts it online, and then he, like, doesn't want to prosecute anybody, which is the suspicious thing. If someone sends that to your personal place at the studio where you're recording at just for you and it's attempts to scare you or kill you, I most definitely would get the cops involved because at that point, you need to. It's a crime. It's a federal crime. First off, the U.S. Post Office, those people, those are federal agents. Don't hit them. Trust me, they're federal agents. So if you do something wrong and break the law, that's like a federal crime through the post office, you're it's a federal crime. FBI gets involved. So we get this guy. And then he goes on to the news talking about this little picture in the bottom right quarter. No one could decipher what it was. It just looked like a bunch of scribbles. He said, it's a black man hanging from a tree. Is it really, man? Because you're the only one to say that's what it is. Everyone's taking it as fact. But if it, that's what I don't understand is if... Shouldn't that be the first warning sign is you're saying that's exactly what it is, but no one else has any idea what that picture was, but you do magically, and when you write your name, it almost looks similar. He didn't get enough press coverage from that. I didn't even hear about it until this other incident that he orchestrated, where he paid two Nigerian brothers that were like CrossFit guru guys um, to chase him down in an alley when it was like negative 10 degrees outside at 3 in the morning when he was leaving a subway. They jumped him, put a noose around his neck, didn't tie it, and then put bleach in his hair. They were wearing MAGA hats and black masks and said, Get out of here, there's MAGA country here. Didn't this happen in Chicago? Chicago is one of the most liberal places on the planet. How is it that there are two MAGA dudes just rolling the streets? And if you're in Chicago, you've got to know who this dude is. You've seen him on TV, it's, you know, so, at least in a bus station or on the L train. You've seen a picture of this guy. Why would you jump him? And then why was he leaving a subway at 3 a.m.? And when he called the cops from this incident, why did he leave the noose around his neck? Like, everything looks so straight, uh, staged. It was very strange. The cops get there, and they're trying to investigate, and then they're like, hey, we need to go through your phone. He said, oh, no, 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 you can't. You can't. I have private things on there. And they said, look, no, it's fine. You have private things on there. We're not going to go through it. We're not going to, you know, bust your balls with the nude pics you have on there. That's your business. It's your right. But we need to look at it. You know, it's part of the investigation. Well, I don't want to do it. And then next thing you know is he's stalling the investigation because they want to go through his house. They want to go through his belongings. They want to do all this kind of stuff to figure out if this was a hate crime. If it is a hate crime, they want to know who did it. And they want to apprehend that person like any good law enforcement agency would. Well, the reason why he was stalling so many things, telling him he doesn't want to you know, uh, prosecute these guys anymore, is because he did this himself as a publicity stunt. It is so gross that this man has done that. And uh, he recently was in court, and the charges were dropped because, from what the news has said, George Soros paid the attorney general of like, Chicago a whole bunch of money to just let it go. 
But kudos for President Trump because he said he's going to have the FBI and Department of uh, Justice to look into the Jesse Salmon case. Hopefully, they put this man behind bars. While I am not a big fan of Chicago, I think its culture is kind of cool. I think the city sucks, though. Um, I mean, just look at the infrastructure. It's falling apart all over the place. But it is a cool place to go to. I love Chicago. I love you guys. But the, the mayor and then the police chief both had like 10, 15-minute tirades each on the news ranting about how they want to put this man away because he's a complete and other, utter, I can't say the words today. He's a complete and utter moron. He just does not know when to stop when it comes to anything. And the $10,000 or whatever he paid to those guys or he had to pay in court fees or something does not amount to the millions of dollars it costs to investigate everything that he did. The manpower to investigate all of this. And he faked a police report too. That's the main, you know... Uh, impetus behind this entire investigation he faked a police report that's why it's an issue all right so this is our current news for the day you know so it's all messed up and i'm not trying to slant this any which way or the other about democrats republicans it's just people in general people do everything everything we did right now is about people seeking attention for themselves it's not at all about wanting to you know better the world it's not about bettering your community or anything like that it's about uh, india launching a, a rocket into outer space to blow up their own satellite that could that those millions of dollars could have spent could have been better spent fixing the rivers the water system the sewage millions of people die every year in that country because of just poor sanitation that's where you should have been spending money not to launch a rocket in outer space to blow something up and there's a consequence they have debris falling down into your country that's just stupid they did that just for a public show for the world to see them as they are to see them as the beautiful little country that they think they are and then you have all these uh, people running for president that they're not running. They don't actually care about you. Any slogan they have, any speech they give, any artwork that is created for them is not for you. It has nothing to do with you. They could get zero votes and it would not matter in the slightest because they're not actually running. If they win, they would have no idea what to do. That's the honest truth because these people are running just for popularity. They're running as something to put on the cover letter of their resume for their next you know, job they find in the classified section of the online newspaper. These people do not give a crap about you. Just keep that in mind. And then you have the Jesse Smollett case where this guy faked a hate crime right i don't believe in hate speech but i believe in hate crimes they definitely exist while there has never been uh as many now as there have been in the past there's far fewer today the ones we do see today are rather severe occasionally and it's scary to have to look back and see someone of a community that's very small around one or two percent of the american population and then someone that's also of another community the black community that's 14 percent of the u.s population go off and make such a big deal about something he faked this man here cried wolf now in the future for any gay man, or any black man, or gay black man, if something happens to them, society is less likely to actually believe them. Because you got this moron running out here, wanting to get famous on Facebook, 
and on social media so he can make another season of his stupid show where he makes hundreds of millions of dollars and doesn't give a penny back to you, the person watching it. He did this for a show. He doesn't care about you. And he never will. So keep that in mind today as we close up this uh, current events section of uh, whatever we're talking about. You might be wondering, what are we talking about? This is what we're talking about. It starts with this main question. Why do people use 23andMe? Like, just, just as a... Um, General question, why do you use 23andMe if you are someone out there that has used it or wants to use it? Why? What is the, you know, the driving factor for you to go and spit in a little tube and pay a company to test it to see where you exist in the world previously or maybe some weird features about your DNA you didn't know existed why what is important about that my brother who he's not my blood brother um, but legally he is he got a 23 me kit um, for his birthday his wife got it for him it was a very touching thing for them to get because my brother doesn't know a whole lot about his he doesn't know a whole lot about his actual family history you know he doesn't know grandparents very well he doesn't know father mother he's not quite sure everything about his family history and because he's been in prison before and he was in the military for a brief stint. You know, his DNA, his fingerprints, all that stuff's already tracked, so it doesn't matter. In fact, it'll actually make it easier for them to track more things down for him. So when he got that, we're all very happy for him. But when he got it, I make, made sure to mention to everyone in the room that I will give anyone a cease and desist letter if they are related to me directly and they decide to do a 23andMe. And let me let me just break down why that is. 23andMe does not care about you. They are not giving you any information that is pertinent, relevant, or helpful, even in the slightest. The information that you are getting from these DNA services will give you the same information that a consultation from an actual doctor will give you. And you, you should believe the doctor more than an app on your phone. All right? What 23andMe does is they, they charge you like 100 bucks. They send you the packet, the kit, you spit in it, you send it back. And they give you your data back. Right? You're like, man. That must, uh, that must be great. That's how they make money. I just, uh, I sell them, you know, they sell me this little box. That's how they make money. No. When you pay them, you essentially balance the budget. The amount of money it and time and everything goes into the, the, the time and resources to test your DNA, if they're actually doing that, and then to make the boxes and have people on staff and the lawyers and all this kind of stuff. That amount of time and money equates to the amount of money you give them for that kit. That kit is just a cardboard box, a plastic tube, and a swab. All things you can go get with a can of spray paint, a Sharpie, an X-Acto knife, some scotch tape, um, and I, I don't know, down at the local CVS. I prefer Walgreens, so I'm just going to say Walgreens, but CVS rolls off the tongue a little better. Or Rite Aid if you're out on the West Coast. That's what 23andMe does. All right, they're just balancing the budget with you. They don't care about what you're paying them as long as you know they get paid, balances the budget. They don't even care about the, the information you get. They pay someone else to vaguely have some semblance of importance about the subject. You know what they do? They sell 
your DNA. They sell every important thing about you to the rest of the world. They don't care. I'm I'm just going to go on a rant. I'm going to go on a tirade because they don't care. There's not a single thing about them that they would actually give a crap about. These people sell your DNA to third parties. All right, they're not selling it to some health insurance company to make sure that these are the things going on or a research firm. No, they're selling it to the insurance company. They're selling it to the research firm, but not because they want to see if everything's checked out and everything's fine with you. They're selling it to them because they want money. They don't care about you. They don't care about your privacy. Right? It's just like the East, the Golden State Killer or whatever. They got that dude because a family member did the 23andMe thing and they were able to connect his that, that family member's 23andMe DNA to a cold case where a couple of semen was still left over. They could match that. The only way they could match that is if they sold it to a police department in California and they were able to do a background check. This has happened numerous times in the United States. They sell it to some company, some corporation, they cross-reference it, they check it, and then the next thing you know, you're getting a letter in the mail from some insurance company asking about your DNA. And you're like, well, I never once in my life talked to them. I never once sent them anything about my DNA. How am I getting this? It's because 23andMe is selling your data to other people. They don't care. That is just the simple and cold hard fact. And the only reason you are getting a 23andMe thing is to show off to other people. There is nothing you can get from a 23andMe kit for these DNA, Ancestry.com, DNA testing things. You can't get any information from it. You can't go get in real life. Go to a doctor. Go talk to your family. Go do something with your life besides sitting behind a desk, spitting into a cup, paying somebody so they can balance the budget and sell your private information off to the rest of the world just so you can see that you might be predisposed to diabetes. You know where you can find that out? I, you know, I, I would trust WebMD with my privacy and finding out whether or not it is reality if I have diabetes or not, then I would trust some company that I don't know who who it is. We don't know anything about this company, but people are out there freely handing out their DNA for what? To figure out whether or not you're European, whether or not what tribe you're from, to figure out if you're from Canada, you're from Mexico, what does it matter? None of it does. Does it pertain to your life? No, it doesn't. The only reason people get these things is to come home and tell people all about how, oh, I got a 23andMe kit, look at me, I'm half black, I'm half Jewish, I think I'm half Martian too, and I think my mother was a dog. That's the only reason people get it, is to discuss with each other about these virtues they have. It's virtue signaling at its best. You can tell someone you're half black, half Jewish, gay, bi, transsexual, wheelchaired, handicapped, Muslim, one-eyed creature person. And when you walk in a room, people will be like, oh my gosh, you have so much virtue. That's how people feel about this entire thing. That's why people get these kits. Now, for those few naive people out there, and I feel for you, that decide to get these kits because you want to learn something about yourself, the information you get might seem cool. For about 2.5 seconds. After that, it most likely feels like nothing. Any information you have gained in in the brief time it took you to read the app, and what it has to tell you about your DNA. You could have gotten from a 30-minute checkup from a doctor, a blood test, an MRI, and a sleep study. You could have done that and gotten cold, hard facts about yourself. But instead, you decided to sell your private information. The most private thing, the single most private thing about you, your DNA, the very structure that makes your body, that makes you who you are, you decided 
to sell that off to some company off in the middle of nowhere. Look at it like this. The social security number given to you by the federal government was never meant to be an identification tag. Even the creators of the social security number and the card system said it was not made to be used that way, but it is. Every job you apply to, every bank account you open, each time the DMV looks you up and every government file on you has your social security number as an identifier of you. Because this information has become ever more important in our lives as Americans, it means we have to be extraordinarily cautious when we give this number out. This means, I mean, this number has the ability to give a complete stranger access to some of the most important files in our lives. I mean, some people carry the social security card on their person so that they're never without it, which is a stupid idea. You're just asking to get robbed at that point. You wouldn't walk around with your social security card in your pocket. So why would you hand out something even more private than no one else in the world besides a very close relative would have but you? Your DNA. You're giving this out to some stranger and you're paying them to sell it off to make a profit on who you are as a person. You're doing that. You know, there, there are so many... So many risks. Here's a C, uh, CNBC article uh, discussing the, f the five biggest risks of using DNA sharing platforms. Excuse me, getting parched. This is from CNBC uh, Disruptor 50. Five biggest mistakes of sharing your DNA with consumer genetic testing companies. Um, let's just roll through here. All right, one, it goes into hacking. All right. Obviously, this is not a risk that the genetic testing industry alone faces, but it is an industry that has a unique set of information on its consumers. And there was a recent hack in the space. Now, this is this is saying that 92 million accounts from the ge geology or genealogy and DNA testing services for my heritage were found on private servers. I mean, the company announced earlier this month that DNA data specifically was not breached but the company said but a hack in this space is a concern regardless All right. what kind of company puts your DNA on like a backup hard drive that's how much they don't care they put your DNA on some hard drive in the back room of an IT uh, of an IT closet because they're not doing anything with it. They're just waiting till someone says, hey, can I get another batch of fresh DNA? You know, pe you know, the most private thing a person has so I can go sell it online. Yeah, let me go get the extra hard drive. There you go, right? Uh, and then, you know, who, who profits on your DNA? That's the next thing on here. The answer, not you. Totally correct. Do you make a penny from selling your DNA? No, but you should. You should make money from selling your DNA. That's what consumers aren't getting. If you're going to give something about yourself out, don't do it for free. Don't pay someone to take it for you. You, They need to pay you to take it from you. All right. You don't pay someone $500 to take a gold brick out of your basement. They pay you $500 so that they can take a gold brick out of your basement. All right. That's something you have that's yours. It's unique. You shouldn't be paying other people to take care of it. You should be taking it or, you know, you should be having them uh, paying you to take care of it. All right. That, that's an issue right there. And then you have this whole other thing right here that says laws covering genetic privacy, not broad enough expert, experts say. Um, it goes on to read, many privacy experts are concerned that only law concerning covering genetic privacy, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, also known as GINA, is too narrow in its focus on banning employers or insurance companies from accessing this information. You heard it here first. If you give to DNA, 
the 23andMe that if you give to the 23andMe stuff, your DNA, your employers and insurance companies can get it. But that might sound contradictory to what 23andMe tells you. They tell you that they're not going to give it out to people. That's because they don't. They sell it. They sell it to people. They don't just hand it out. So your employer, the military, police departments, federal employees, anything like that, they, you're all going to get tested at some point. If you have a 23andMe and that company's got enough money, sure as heck, yeah, they'll test you. They'll see if you got any insurance issues or health issues. That way, well, this person's predisposed to diabetes, heart, you know, heart issues. They're probably going to have um, beyond heart, you know, a cardiac arrest. They're going to have arrhythmia. They're going to have strokes. Probably going to have cancer. Now, nah, we're not going to take them on as an employee because if they stick around, they're going to cost too much in insurance. Um, so then number four in this says law enforcement knows uh, these companies have your DNA and they might want it. They're already asking. All right, this is the same issue we had years ago when uh, a, a guy decided to ask Siri where would be a good spot to hide a body, a dead body. Right, he did that, and then the FBI wanted to go to Apple and figure out, you know, hey, we want to know this guy's position. Apple wasn't going to give it out. They're a little more concerned privacy than other people. Then they went to Sprint. Sprint said, mm, no. They went to Verizon. Verizon's like, uh, yeah, you could have deal with me all that. I'll let you have it. Yeah. So they cut a deal with them. The federal, the FBI did. The Federal Bureau of Investigation did that for Verizon. You know, a company that most of you probably have had at one point, will have, or have currently as a provider for your cell phone. They cut a deal so that they could see the messages and where he's at and data information. So it won't be long until the government says, hey, we got a cold case. We want to access all your files. Um, here's a warrant, or here's fifty thousand dollars, or you know whatever it is. They'll access all that stuff at some point, and it's not a matter of well, if you don't plan on being a criminal, then why is it such an issue about giving your DNA? It's not about you know becoming a criminal. It's about just your privacy. You know, I don't plan on being a getaway driver, but I still like having a blackjack car that's sleek, it sounds good, and it's quick. That's because that's my personal preference. That doesn't mean I'm going to rob a bank. It just means it's what I like. Just because i got a ski mask doesn't mean I'm going to rob a bank either, but it keeps my face warm. All right? I'm not going to rob a bank, but, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm not going to commit a crime. But that doesn't mean I don't, I, I want to give my DNA, DNA out to someone. All right? It, you know, that, that's mine. It's my thing. Um, just skip through to the last part. It says the company situation or privacy statement can change. All right, none of these privacy statements that these companies have are set. None of them are like on the money. None of them are really, you know, they're not there. They don't care about you. They just exist. That's all there is. Um, you know, it's just like uh, Apple did this once. There was a little uh, um, UI glitch on the iPhone 10R on YouTube that they were they made a whole commercial about while they were filming it. And uh, people were commenting about, oh, look at this weird issue. They put they put a couple uh, forms out there and a couple news articles. People go click on the link to watch the video. When they get to that video, it's not the same video. I mean, it's the same views, same like to dislike ratio, same comments, but the video isn't the same. Now, no one has said anything about this. YouTube, Google, Apple, no one. It's as if this whole incident didn't exist. But imagine, you know, you just use a 23andMe and it says, hey, we won't sell your data. We won't give it away. It's completely private. It's yours. You want us to destroy it? We'll destroy it. We only keep it for so long. Okay, cool. Sound, sounds all right, dude. Saw, dude. Yeah, let's go with it, dude. Yeah, man. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. You send it to them. You go check their website to see if, you know, they got all your stuff done. And it's all set to go. You decide, uh, what was their mission statement? What was their policies? You go click on that tab. Next thing you see... We freely sell your data. We do not care whatsoever. We don't give a flying, you know, rat's butt about anything about you. We are for profit. That'd be a little concerning. Now, wouldn't it if you had to watch something you just did become a horrible, horrible mistake when so many other people did it and they turned out just fine? I mean, those people are still screwed in the end um, because they gave out something private like that. 
But all this to say, to go back to the uh, that Asian Yang, Mr. Yang, Yang, something like that, I was running for the president, I said, is about if you want to succeed with things, you have to give up something, right? If life is a box and it's filled to the brim full of other little cubes in there, if you want to put more and more cube in there, that's a little bit of a different combination. You have to take another one out to fit that in. That's just how it works. If you want this weird information that you can spend uh, lots of money on and share this with your friends for virtue signaling and gain no true knowledge out of it, if you want this in your life, then you are more than welcome to do it. It's your right if you want to do this. Go right ahead. I'm not going to tell you not to. Well, I am going to tell you not to, but I'm never going to tell you you can't. You go do that. But you have to remove a cube out of your box. That cube is privacy. You have to take your personal privacy and the privacy of your relatives who share your DNA. You have to take that out of the box to put in that stupid 23andMe thing. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to go through this whole thing just for that? I don't think it is. So I'm not going to do it. But I know other people that do. I know many other people that think it's very worth it to go through and spend the money to do this whole process. Alright, but this is just general in life. These people that are lying to you on the internet, in magazines, TV, whatever it is, they don't care. That's all I'm trying to get to you today is that none of these people care about you. This isn't about being negative. It's not about being, you know, a pessimist. It's about being realistic. These people do not give a crap about how you feel or what you're doing with your life. They just want to make a profit off of you. They want to use your attention, your DNA, every little thing about you to get them further in life. You're not making anything back from your DNA. You're not getting anything back from watching this Jesse Salmet guy. You're not going to get anything back voting in all these weird people running for president that have never done anything in their lives to help or benefit you before. They're never going to get you anywhere in life that you can't get on your own. That's just the truth of the matter. If you really think you want to go to go go to college, get a job, sign up for the Pell grants. You know, j- just start doing things that can get you to where you are to get to the point where you are in college. Get to that point. Work for it. Just do it. You know, this isn't supposed to be mo- you know totally motivational. This is just about happy cabbages. Be a happy cabbage. You don't need them to tell you how to live your life. You don't need them to tell you to go get some dumb DNA kit to vote for some special guy or do this because it'll make you live 20 times longer. You don't need to do anything that they tell you to live a happy life. You are your own person for crying out loud. So Go live your life. And I absolutely mean it. That you are important. Maybe not to like the entire nation, but to someone, to something. You matter. And your importance to that person, thing, group, object, whatever it is, is more important than who's running for president. It's more important than who was your great, 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 great grandfather. So focus on your community. Focus on those things in life that truly have an impact on what we do. Not on these dumb things. And remember, be a happy cabbage. You have independent thought and free will. And by golly, Go and use it. All right, thank you guys for listening to the first ever Happy Cabbage Podcast. This is one straight run-through. I'm kind of tired, exhausted, honestly. Hopefully anything I said sounded coherent. Um, I'm thinking about doing this maybe once a week on Fridays or something like that. But you are more than welcome to reach out to me 
on Twitter, which is at Caleb Shelbourne. I'll put it in the description for this. You can reach out to me and talk to me about the show. Thank you guys for listening. Again, it's really awesome that I get the chance to do this. And uh, I guess you'll hear me next week.